0: I think the show has the best catchphrase out of any show I've seen in recent memory is tits up. And (laughs) it is strong, strong. And you know exactly what it is. And it's so powerful, even at the very, very end of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel TV show. This is the last season on Amazon, uh, the Amy Sherman uh, Palladino show that she did uh, uh, was it Gilmore Girls. Uh, but this, by far, I th- I've just been in love with this show since day one, and I'm so glad that we get to talk about this. And, and also uh, kind of sad at the same time, because I could definitely watch this show go on for years, uh, because it's so well written. Uh, the casting is impeccable the the costumes just everything about it and just this the story itself is extremely interesting and really fun anyone who's a fan of comedy none of us are here so I don't know why we're watching this and reviewing <laughs> this um but uh, it. <laughs> but uh Rachel Brosnahan is back as Midge Maisel uh the the stand-up comedian in the 50s and going into the 60s and mm-hmm. this season is interesting because we have uh kind of a flash forward uh, situation uh, fans of barry will know what we're talking about here i was uh, just about to say
1: there's <laughs> kind of a theme going on this year it really
0: is
2: or a- any anime <laughs>
0: An- Any any but um so we we the last time that we saw midge she was uh, uh, basically, she had a uh, shy Baldwin's uh, whole like thing going on where she was going to travel with him. and then she fucked it all up because she has a habit of doing that, where in the past four seasons, she's almost made it and then she does or says something out of earnestness She, in in this particular case with Shia baldwin she he is uh, closeted and he can't like make it well known that he is actually gay so she basically says it on stage and then it just fucks her career and then she has no idea what to do and of course she talks to lenny bruce and lenny bruce is like get out there and do something and do it your own way so we now find her uh, kind of, you know, aimless, but now she uh, has a chance to work on the Gordon Ford show, which is more or less the Johnny Carson show. Because th- this this TV series is really interesting where it melds reality and fiction together because Lenny Bruce is in it, um, but Mitch Major doesn't exist. It's more or less jo- uh, Joan Rivers uh, mm-hmm. than anyone else. and uh, And, you know, Gordon Ford doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. We get to see her trials and tribulations, uh, how the show normally does it, but we see some flash-forwards and basically getting some hints that she does become successful, which I don't think is necessarily a big spoiler here because she is too goddamn good to actually not make it. Anyway, to talk about The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 5 with me, I have Melina. Hello. I have Danny Doggett.
2: Running from his past, (laughs) Doggett.
0: And we have Rose. (laughs) Hello, hello. And I'm right. So, um... You know when we review tv shows it's kind of hard to talk about uh every single thing um like the whole overarching story of what what the season uh, goes for but what i think is uh, what we could talk about at least is some of our like our favorite episodes our favorite moments and also just overall feeling because i think i i've talked to a few people about this that there's been a little bit more ups and downs with this particular season. I don't think everyone was really on board with the flash forward aspect where we got to see where everyone was and, uh, and some people, you know, not knowing where they are. Uh, and, and did the, the very, very end really stick the landing? I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this. So Danny, how about you lead the way?
2: Well, I think it's, I'm, uh, I'm pretty much well known as the person who likes to show the most in uh previous reviews. I was there by myself defending this show from the likes of Rose (laughs) and other haters who would say things like uneven or characters acting strange, nonsense like that. I just enjoyed seeing, you know, what happens to her in little bites and then going back to the main story. It's a fun little device. It's not a big deal to me. Yeah. And by the end, I do think they stick the landing and it, you know... It gives me an I gave an approval tear shed about it because, oh yeah, it was just a nice little show that ended
0: i I agree with you. I unadulteratedly loved this season. Uh, like every piece of it. I love the flash forwards. um I I love all the uh, allusions to other real people, especially the very, very end, which, that I that killed me uh, and because uh, I'm a really big fan of these two comedians that used to do exactly what they um, uh, Midge and uh, Susie were doing at the very uh, end of the show hmm. and um, but yeah uh, yeah I just thinking about it gets me emotional but uh, but uh, Melina, what did you think about the season five
1: uh, well, I think that this show hit its apex with the Catskills episodes in season two, yes. uh, but I have been a—I've <laughs> also been a major uh, defender of this of this series, especially season three, which I actually think kind of gets a bit of a bad rap. I really, to this day, don't know why. Uh, season four was the one that had some major ups and downs for me, and that mainly had to do with the Shy Baldwin aspect of that, mm. which to this day I don't think the show ever addressed properly. Uh, mm. I. I think, that sh- I think that was kind of like a lack of awareness on its part, but even then, I thought that season four ended on a great high note, with Midge having to be humbled from major mistakes that she has made. And for this season to open when it does, having her just come right out to Susie and said, you know what, I screwed up. I yeah. made a horrible mistake and I am sorry, I have been selfish. And what I love about this season, one of the many things I love about it, is that it really is her, I think, for the first time in her life as a major comedian, having to just realize, you know what, I have to basically buckle down and take the jobs that I don't want, that no creative really wants, and really having to struggle through the struggle through the trenches in order to actually be where I think I should, and that, to me, actually, it reintroduced me, and it reintroduced me to what I loved about Midge, in the first three seasons uh but yeah the flash forwards i thought that those were great Yeah, i thought, I thought they were funny i liked the mystery that every single one of them actually evoked because you don't yeah. know how they got there and man i'm like this is like Robertson, like robert Mecca's level <laughs> makeup at his peak
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah the makeup was really good i was concerned uh, definitely when it was getting later, like, uh, you know, it gets into the, what, the 80s and the 90s and even the 2000s, yeah, I think. Yeah,
3: 2006, I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, and it was, they looked good. Uh, everyone looked really good. It was like, mm-hmm. and it looked appropriate too. It wasn't like uh, J. Edgar Hoover, Leonardo DiCaprio, oh just God. like jowls and all. Um, but, uh, Rose, what'd you think?
3: Yeah, I, I tried to go into this one with, an open mind because the <laughs> the last season <laughs>
2: She's back
3: all but completely turned me off of it but I was like, no, I'm I'm in this one for the long haul. I'm gonna watch it and I did end up liking this season more than the last but I still think that it yeah suffered from those self awareness problems and just not being able to tell sometimes which characters I was supposed to be rooting for or not and then the kind of horrifying realizations of the ones that I was and it's like, well, I'm sorry have you ever encountered a, a human before? We don't typically act like or support this. Um,
0: what, what do you mean by that? I guess you, if you want to <laughs> be a little specific because i I'm yeah. actually try to figure so out. So
3: Midge and just her completely insular selfishness and, you know, I want to be the best and stuff, which that that is not itself unrelatable, but sure. her extremely late in the game, like we were talking about a minute ago, acceptance of, yeah, sometimes you just got to take the shit work on your way up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found it off-putting and, and unrelatable. Like, this is a character that I really wanted to see it rise to those heights from the very beginning, but she took so many just downright stupid stumbles on the way to getting there. It's like, well, I don't know if you deserve it anymore. <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, especially with like the shy Baldwin stuff because that that was that's probably my number one grievance about the show overall is, she can make those mistakes a few times, but she just kept making them. And and the way the show presented it is felt like we were supposed to either be okay with it or you know not think it was that big of a deal, like she didn't. And after a while, it's just like, man, I don't know.
0: Yeah, hmm. well,
1: because it, it felt like the show didn't think it was a big deal either. And yeah, I think that that I would totally agree with you. That's probably my number one grievance about it is that it never addressed that. But I just th- I came to a point where I was like, well, I guess they're not, so I just kind of have to move on mm-hmm. from it mm-hmm. and just kind of look at it from where it is now.
3: Well, but even to yeah. the the point in the finale where she gets a platform and a chance to give a big speech, you know, like this is the big break that you know, we've been building for for all these seasons. Mm-hmm. And it starts off pretty good and then it just veers into again that that kind of self absorbedness to the point where i'm like wouldn't they be cutting her mic at this point like she's she's straying away from just showing off why she's funny and just outright saying i deserve this job i want to be this famous and you should help me make it happen and it's just like oh well okay i
0: i Ah. like that because it felt dreamlike the way that they shot it they did this um Let's just—I uh, guess one of the—I um, uh, well, guess the bi- biggest plot is uh, a part of her starting to work as a writer on the Gordon Ford show. Yep. Uh, she wants a shot to uh, have a set on his mm-hmm. show because it's the biggest talk show in the country, and uh, next to Jack Parr. And <laughs> so <laughs> he—the—the uh, the, the problem is though is that uh, no writer can be a, a stand-up on the the show because they have a group of writers she's the the token lady writer uh (laughs) which is they they kind of covet as like isn't it a novel that we have a lady writer here and uh which has been you know par for the course for the entire show just Mm -hmm. basically putting women down but you know that's just how it was and continues to be but uh they they show that um that she is like finding any which way but loose to make this work to see if she can get a set. And when, you know, m- more or less, she gets away. Uh, I think that the way that they shot that sequence is really great to finally, like her being just unadulteratedly honest again, as she was at the very beginning of the show when she was just like laying it all out there. And uh, when she was talking about like my husband cheated on me yeah. and, um, and I, I, th- I thought it was so incredibly powerful that it, she, st- again, stuck the landing with finally hitting all the right notes for everyone because all the people that were in the audience are people that she cares about and that love her and finally get to see who she really is. I thought that was so incredible.
1: That was heart-wrenching. It, it's like, it was almost kind of like that buckaroo bonsai sort of thing where it's like, let's get <laughs> all of our most beloved characters back in here for the grand finale mm-hmm. and Uh, Yeah, I thought that with this season, this was watching Midge really grow up
0: and actually
1: become the person who is as mature as she is talented. Because that was always the thing with this show. This is someone who we can tell from the beginning is incredibly talented. And if it weren't for the fact that she was a woman in the 1950s or the 60s, then... Uh, she probably would have had a major jumpstart very early on, but she hasn't. And so we're seeing all the channels that she's taken. Some of them are far more self-serving than others. And I think this was her just kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty, where she's like, all right, you know what? I have to take the job as the writer behind the scenes on essentially the Jimmy Kimmel show, which a lot of great comedians have done jobs just like that throughout history.
2: I think we should slow down and we should probably stop saying that she's grown up, because if we ask Zelda and her husband, if Midge or her parents oh are at all adults they would say I'm too busy unclogging this toilet for them because they won't read the book <laughs> and uh, that's, that's one aspect I always took in consideration when it came to Midge's behavior which is um, she's a uh, rich Jewish girl she's who, uh, who has a lot of privilege and also that's just, that's just what a comedian what I've learned from watching a lot of comedians since I was like Six, is that uh, being a comedian is, is a lot like wanting to become the president. Only really terrible people want this job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you have to be uh, your ego has to be
2: pretty
0: big uh, to to want to do it, and then to actually accomplishment accomplish it at the level that you are probably you know thinking about. Sure. And um, but I'd love to talk about a few of the other characters uh, that everyone's back. Uh, Alex Bornstein as uh, Susie. She. Alex Bornstein, I I swear to God, if she doesn't win all the awards again uh, for this uh, season, it would just be a fucking travesty. She is
1: so good. I've said that about her in every season of this show, and definitely this one. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. Because you get to see, like, uh, other shades of her in this uh, season and see a little bit more of her backstory. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I just. uh, absolutely lovely i loved her in this
2: oh her um, roast episode oh oh that was oh, fantastic
1: man. that was one for the ages
0: there is a an episode uh it, it can kind of go up there as like the uh what is it the the uh, what's what's his name uh ron Ronson swanson uh who's the guy who plays him uh nick uh, offerman nick offerman the nick offerman episode in last of us which was a huge oh, deal when oh, i yeah. came out man, and then don't make this, me cry. <laughs> And then they had a a Friar's Roast episode, which is a flash-forward episode all about Alex Borenstein's character, Susie. And and it is front-to-back, one, hysterical, and two, just really fun the way that they're telling all these stories about how uh, Midge and her were becoming successful. And how they had, like, a falling out and all these different things that are going on. And it's all like a game of telephone from all these, like great stand-up comedians that are there roasting her and it's like, you know, what I heard was this and then mm-hmm. it just goes into what they heard and it's, sometimes it's even the same situation, but they all heard something different and it's fantastic.
1: Right, it's like, almost like a, it's like uh, watching Clue. Where yes. you're kind of yes. Like, yeah, How is, oh, like, man. what did happen, but man, the cameos in that episode, it's like, I got excited about some of the cameos in Barry this, uh, in its final season, but <laughs> I'm like, the ones in this episode alone, I was like, oh my God, that
3: is yeah. so
2: many so many mad TV cameos. I'm surprised Bobby yeah, Lee wasn't there. Right?
3: Are we sure he wasn't? I don't know. Somebody had to film it.
2: Oh, I've loved Susie ever since I realized she sounds like Snap from Chalk Zone.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course, we have uh, Rose and Abe, uh, Midge's parents, uh, Marin Hinkle, and the incredible Tony Shaloub. Tony Shaloub. Okay, and also Kevin Pollock and uh, uh, Caroline Aaron as uh, Shirley and uh, Moisha as uh, Joel's parents. Uh, Joel is the uh, Michael Ziegen. Um I would watch a show right now just of Moisha and Abe talking and doing things together and annoying hating each, each other. other and annoying <laughs> each other. Like do an odd couple show just with those two actors for, for God's sake, just do it. It Absolutely. is they are so fucking funny and Tony Shaloub is just a comedic genius like just every single thing that he does and how he inhabits a character and definitely as this is Abe it there is there's an episode where he thinks he's being or like someone is coming on to him and him trying to figure out what to do and talking to his boss about it it is hysterical uh, i there's there's so many fucking things. Uh,
1: and he gets an he gets a moment towards the, I think it's the penultimate episode which yes. brought me to tears. It's just this mm-hmm. one long shot. It's like this very slow pull in of him, and it's just him talking. And I was just like, this is the apex of this character, which yeah. every season I think they've hit that with him. Yeah. And then they just keep topping it, and like so much of that is just Shaloob and what a genius he is.
3: So much of what he says is, I'm sure, what a lot of people watching wish that their own parents would say yeah. or think about them. And just every single word was just so perfect and just mm-hmm. hit you straight in the heart. And yeah. then
2: they'll say some ridiculous shit like, don't talk to your th- child till they're five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did not talk to my son for five years, and finally
2: he was a genius. (laughs) Uh, they almost pulled it off of how much they ignore these kids. I know the the
3: kids were props until this season. And they
1: finally addressed that for the first time. It actually kind of became a, it kind of became a theme throughout where they're like, are we actually going to talk about the fact that, uh, neither Midge nor Joel seem to know how to make time for their kids or even know their damn names.
0: Yeah. Right. I, I think that is kind of what you're saying, uh, uh, Danny, is that um, you know when you become a, a comedian, uh, and especially if they're referencing uh, like Joan Rivers, I mean, uh, granted she had a really great relationship with her daughter like uh, later on, but I know that there was like a lot of contentious relationship between them, and that's what ends up happening when you become like a huge star is, like, and plus you're just so hyper focused on it that a lot of things just fall by the wayside, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, even finally Midge was uh, she didn't really have a uh, love interest uh, this season, except for Joel. In a lot of ways, um, that it, she finally just got to focus. Hey, on Hey, you put
2: some respect in that name. Joel is the best <laughs> ex husband a wife in the '60s could ask for. She
1: is. He is the best husband a wife could ask for. Who has ever he, cheated on her? He'll right. only cheat
2: on you one time. He won't beat you. I mean, come on! He will allow <laughs> you
3: to make fun of him on live television?
0: So, let's go into final thoughts, then. So, Danny, how about you lead the way?
2: Uh, what a... What a... What a just a nice, pleasant show to watch. Not since Schitt's Creek. Have, have I just had a nice comfort show to hold me down during these trying times. And... I mean, good on, good on this actress. She embodies the, the, the youthful energy of a Jewish woman so well. I was trying to do that, Spider, that Spider-Man that Spider joke, but I forgot what the writer said about the youthfulness of a black teen.
3: Oh, the, but, the emphatic swagger of a black teen?
2: The emphatic <laughs> swagger of a Jewish woman. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 I like the show. I've, I've always loved the show. Um, it, this is one of those shows, though, I can get most of my friends to watch it, Shameful, shamefully, mostly because the main character shows uh, her her breasts in the first episode, but after that episode, they're hooked. <laughs> but after that, they're they are they're in it for for the rest of the show, and I'm right there with them. Great show, great actors, uh, great comedy. I I'm gonna miss this. I, I, we're losing a lot of shows this year, and I'm 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 starting to really feel it now. It's, yeah. <laughs> And there's a writer strike happening. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to rewatch the show a few more times." So, <laughs> oh, uh, no. I'm gonna give this a strong eight out of ten. Times your friend sells you to the mob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose, what are your final thoughts?
3: Yeah, I I found it not quite as unfocused or unlikable as as last season, but that that was a pretty low bar, very easy to come back from. Uh, But I I still found a lot of problems with it, but not so much that it, it turned me off entirely or that I wouldn't recommend it to someone in the future. I just wish that It had some of that same magic and trajectory that it it seemed like it had uh, from the first two seasons, which I still hold up as like just pure dynamite and and some of the best TV I've ever watched. Um, It kind of stumbled on the landing, but didn't exactly fall over. I'm going to give it six and a half, closer to seven uh, Bergdorf dresses.
0: Nice. Uh, Melina?
1: Um, well yeah, I had my issues with the last season as well, and I think that the issues I have with this season are pretty much the same, And that I thought that with the character arcs kind of branching out as much as they do, it does leave some threads a bit untied at the end. Um, there were some appearances in here which were almost kind of confusing to me. I don't know what in the hell they thought they were doing by bringing Milo back.
3: Yeah, I thought he oh, was going to yeah. be a thing, and I guess it's just because he was on Gilmore Girls, and so, I mean, there was a lot of Gilmore Girls actors that showed up on this, but right. yeah, they, they sure. made him seem like he was going to be a thing, and he just completely disappeared. It's like, oh, uh, well, thanks for coming by, I guess.
1: Yeah, and the way that I and the way that I felt about that the last season was exactly that. I was like, why is he here? Is it just because people from Gilmore Girls are going to love him and people who are watching whatever the show he's doing with Manny Moore.
2: No, that's just (laughs) the general feeling people get when they see Milo.
1: True. Uh, But then with this season, when they brought him back, I was like, this feels like them almost apologizing for that and just being like, all right, yeah, we'll find something to do with him and then whatever. It was little things like that throughout where I was like, I don't know why this is here. It's interrupting a narrative that I think is just as fascinating as I think the season three narrative was where you're really seeing her and Susie have to struggle to make this dream work, and all of the very colorful and pithy characters that they meet along the way. But with my misgivings of it, oh my God, this is one of the most beautifully shot shows I've seen in my life. I'm like, the, the panning and the costuming, the blocking is so gorgeous. The music, the acting, everything from the sur- on its surface is just so beautiful and the performances are career best for some already pretty legendary actors and i am also going to miss this show very much i even with my least favorite parts of it look forward to it every week Mm -hmm. and yeah i'm going to miss it very much i am going to i'm going to give this uh eight and a half out of ten dresses that were used in your cameo on Mad 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 World because this show makes it official. <laughs> there is not a single comedian who wasn't in that movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I I share the same sentiment. I I will miss this show dearly. And um, I this is like comfort. Uh, it was like a comfort show, but it was also so strong and solid. At least to me. And because nothing is better than watching a great show where. It looks like the actors are having a great time. The writing is impeccable, and it like looks great. And it's a really interesting story, something that really hasn't been delved into that much, especially about, you know from the female perspective for sure. But um, I, gosh, I'm going to yeah miss the living hell out of Midge Maisel. She's such a interesting and fun character. I love watching Rachel Brosnahan um act the shit out of it, and uh, and then uh, Alex Bornstein as Susie is. Just a, a force to be reckoned with. I I wish she was talked about, uh, the same way that some of like you know some of these great TV shows that have happened in the past like you know twenty years with like Breaking Bad or The Wire or Sopranos. Like that character right there is so goddamn iconic. Yeah, it's that like, level it, of performance. Yeah, and um, and to the the end, uh, which I always thought was really fun, is that I started to kind of, I guess, catch a, um a formula that uh that Paladino was doing is that uh once it was getting closer to the end of the season, uh he was like, Okay, there's this big thing happening and then my like basically my throat goes down to my gut. It's like, oh fuck, what is she gonna do? Like <laughs> like she's going to fuck this up. Which it was good because even at the end I still had this like tension. It was like, Oh God, is she going to fucking when is she finally going to do something and not fuck this up? And she slays, which that's the other thing, too, is that thank God that this is also really funny. And even the joke writing is really, really good, too. Because it's, you know, I've seen, we've all seen a lot of comedies that, uh you know, about stand up comedians or comedians that, you know, the jokes actually aren't that. Funny and this is just like front to back. It's like holy shit, how is she not an actual comedian? Like this is she's way too good. Um, anyway, I love this show. Um, honestly, front to back, <laughs> I really didn't have that many issues with it because it's one of those shows where I'm like, I can, I'm totally forgiving it. And I maybe I'm not the best person to be on a <laughs> review for this because like, yeah, it was great. I did, I didn't, I didn't care about anything. It, it was awesome. Um, so I'm uh, gonna give it. Uh, nine and a half out of 10, uh, tits up again. Why not? Um, <laughs> cause another cool thing is, um, one of the writers in the, uh, writing room for the Gordon Ford, Ford show, I went to high school with him.
1: What? what? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You said that.
0: Yeah. His name is Lucas Kavanagh and his aunt is Julie Kavanagh, the voice of Marge Simpson. What? Oh uh, my God. Yeah. So Dude. I was texting him. It's like, Hey, I'm going to be reviewing this. He's like, when is it coming out? Soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one one day <laughs>